What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I got with me today an incredible Superman, superhero, superhuman, one of my favorite drummers in the world, Kaz Rodriguez. What's up, my man? How you How doing, you buddy? Yeah, good. Thank you for having me. Well, first of all, welcome to Los Angeles. Whoa. You just moved here. Yes. How do you feel? You moved here from uh, from London. From London, England. England. Yes, and um, <clears throat> it's surreal. It's definitely a change, but I'm excited to take in the sunshine and the new musical culture permanently now. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's great. And you just built your new studio like you finished yesterday. Yes, it's it's been four days of intense labor. Shout out to Audemute for for helping us for that because it was it was crazy because I'm with Thomas Lang, so Thomas uh, gave me a room to to have to to use for my production and writing and just doing my my videos and drumming and and uh, I said well hey as a thank you I want to give you <laughs> I want to give you some some Audemute like treatment and uh, you know he spent like sixty seventy thousand dollars worth of product that just came in front of his studio and so sick i was like here you go thomas oh he's gone on tour so he's on tour for like three weeks and i was like don't worry i'll do it and now i regret it because my back just like cracked whilst <laughs> I was yeah but meanwhile you have a uh, thomas lang studio is now your studio as well <laughs> oh yeah we're sharing and caring but and it's, it's and it's you thomas lang and terry bozio yeah I sick mean, it's, it's mad just and monster drummer drum setups <laughs> like the biggest drum setups in the world it's great i'm really humble and really honored like thomas has been great and um i'm just looking forward to working with him as well and and just having a creative space you know just to to just see where i can be here and and just share music closer to to the people that really love what i do here and and just hang and hang with you we had an amazing hang the other week great dinner special special man well, you gotta, I got, you gotta be welcome to LA the right way. I gotta bring you to the right restaurants, oh, man. The, the food game, your food game is strong, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Every time we took a bite, I think we were both like, "Come on, yeah, <laughs> really!" And like people were just looking around, going, "What's wrong with these people?" I'm like, "We just love food. I love food." I know people are looking at us like, "Is this their first time eating food?" <laughs> Like, no, we just appreciate life. Thank you very much. Yes, man. And that's what's so important. And I think the move for me to, to be here in LA is purely about the life choice. And, yeah. it, and it's the people and like, you know, just connecting with my friends and making sure that I'm closer to them, like yourself. Because Elmo, you've known me for freaking a hot minute right now. It's been so, probably what, five years? Five years. Yeah. And, and, you know, we've been so sparse in connecting and talking and catching up. And whenever I'm here, it's always last minute. Oh, let's just do a jam. jam. I'm like, okay, uh, not much time, but let's do it. And then now it's like, I'm here. Let's just chill. Let's hang. Let's talk about life. So we did your jam jam, which was one of my favorite ones ever. We did it in LA. I think that was our, was that our first time actually meeting in person? I think oh, it was no. our second time. Because we did Vic, VF Jams live or yeah. Zildjian or was, whichever one it so was. I did, I did a Zildjian live. Right, right. And that's the first time I met you. Yeah. And then we had a conversation. I think I think it was the same time. like, in, like the, the same first, week. The same week. And you're yeah, like, yeah. dude, let's do a, a jam jam before your Zildjian live. And I was like, oh, can I do it? So then I said, well, how are you going to do this event? Because it's very last minute. And dude... You pulled off an event. 
It was like a concert. I was like, oh, probably like 300 people turn up. 600. Yeah. It's 600 people. 600 but, people. But it was more. Yeah. 600 in the room, yeah. more more throughout. Yeah, because there was also the spillover room. Yeah. But, but there were 600 were... people in the room. I also built you the sickest band. Because that was your first time ever having your music come to life, yeah. right? Like having a band play your songs because yeah. you just compose everything. It was it was insane. Like what you, what you pulled up in like a space of two days. <laughs> and it was like, there was like, was it uh, Captain Morgan? Like all these, all these people like, <laughs> Captain Morgan. I don't know. Is, is that what's that? Is that rum thing, isn't it? Or oh yeah. Oh, I thought you were saying there. Was, I thought you were like Captain Morgan was there. So I was like, no, what no, are you no. talking about? Oh yeah, you know, oh, you mean like the alcohol sponsors? Yeah. Oh yeah, we had booze. Of and course, I'm bro. Like, I'm like, wow, this guy's like pulled it off. Like, we did, yeah, so we did 600 people, but like curated 600 people because yeah. the Jam Jams would curate everyone in the audience. Mm -hmm. So it was, I remember, well, first of all, we did drummer battles because yeah. I heard your music. I got inspired. So before we met, I heard your music. I discovered you like on Instagram and everything. and was just like, oh, wow, this guy's an incredible drummer. Oh, wow. He actually composes these amazing tracks that then the drummers like these drumless tracks that all these famous drummers are covering. So I was like, oh, that song that I'd heard someone do before is actually Kaz wrote that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And I was like, but you're a drummer. But meanwhile, you're also a composer and you're composing tracks for other drummers. What kind of drummer does that? So it's <laughs> such a selfless thing to do. And I feel like drummers normally be like, if you're going to write your own music, if, because most drummers are not going to write their own music for them to shed over. If you are, you're going to be like, that's mine. Yeah. But you wrote it and like, put it up on Spotify and put it out in the world for other people to do, which is awesome. So that was how I discovered you. And then I just, when the, when the, with the jam jam, I'm always just like, what do I want to see? What do I selfishly want to see just as a music fan, musician, drummer myself? So I was like, okay, well, I want to see your music come to life with the sickest band. Yeah. So we built a sick band. We had Domi on keys yeah. with Xavier, Xavier. Tablin yeah. uh, from Toto. And Ghost Note, and we had uh, Freaky, Rob, Freaky Rob on guitar, Bobby Kendrick's Lewis. guitarist, Bubby Lewis on bass. Awesome. We had Roland Gajate Garcia on yeah, percussion, man. who plays Shout everyone. Yeah. So sick band, and just put that together. And then I wanted to see drum battles, not just solo <laughs> drummers. Because we were already that week, I was hosting VF Jams yeah. Live, mm -hmm. and then the Zildjian Live was also, we were filming yeah. those in the same couple days. Yeah. And and so I was, I was doing those, but I wanted to... I mean, of course, the Jam Jam is like my baby, though. So yeah. I was like, well, it's got to be different and it's got to be more epic and it's got to be <laughs> and it's got to be battles. So so we did two of my favorite drummers, Devin Sticks Taylor and Rico Nichols, yeah. Devin from Justin Bieber, Rico from Kendrick. Yeah, man. Had them play one. What song was that? Hero. Hero. They always tend to play like when they did the videos, they always played to Hero to themselves. They always used to shed to it. and stuff, so, so sick. So we did. We had them. Then we had you. Uh, battling Aaron Spears. Uh, that's my big brother. The goat. The goat. And my, the goat human. Yeah. Just in life, he's just, he's known me since day one. Like before I was even anything. And and he really lifted me up to be who I am in life. Like my career blossomed because of him knowing who I am as a person. Really? Yeah. Like rather than just the drum thing. Like I just connected with him as like as a life friend, like yeah, and he's been my day day one since. Like he's seen me blossom to who I am now, and I he's just one of my biggest. Like he's like he's blood to me. That's yeah. amazing. So shout out to to Aaron, love you, bro. Yeah, one of my favorite humans. I I I have a very similar feeling with Aaron, where I was such a fan of his before I met him mm -hmm. years before. Yeah, 
I was a kid watching him on the modern drummer, uh, VHS. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and he was a kid, right. That was yeah. really young Aaron. And, uh, and then yeah, when I met him and then became friends with him and realized, wow, this guy's so humble, mm-hmm. so loving, and obviously such a monster drummer. And, oh yeah. And he, I, yeah, he's, a, he's definitely a, a figurehead of the community and a great role model for Ab- sure. Absolutely. That's and then great. we did, um, Oh, we had Luke Holland versus Matt Garska. Oh yes. The, the, the crazy, well, your adopted son. <laughs> it's like Luke. Sure, I haven't seen Luke in in a minute, man. Like Luke's my baby, bro. I know he comes. He comes back on tour from tour tomorrow, actually. So we'll get we'll get together. We have, to have a get together, man. Yeah, for sure. And, and then and then it was Matt, your good old Matt Garska. Matt's yeah, incredible. And you know it was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> Luke probably doesn't want me to say this. I had to really convince both of them to do it. Yeah, because like <laughs> Luke was like, because because. I mean, we should ask Luke this, but I'm pretty sure, and because I, I know Luke very well, mm-hmm. that Matt's like his favorite drummer. Yeah, like Luke loves Matt Garska, yeah. and they're they're friends. Yeah, because um, I, I remember when they were friends, and they would get together a couple times. He'd always be like, he just looks up to Matt so much. Yeah, as he should, because Matt's incredible, right? Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, being like, no, Luke, we want you to, you know, we want you to battle Matt. He was like no (laughs) and i'm like yeah at the jam jam he's like so it's gonna be like in front of everyone because even in the room that night that didn't play tony royster jr ronald bruner jr thomas pridgen oh yeah all of the like all that the nissan stewart the daru jones eric moore like spot that everybody everybody (laughs) was there the drummer hang right yeah Mm -hmm. so so luke's just like come on (laughs) i know i know and i'm like luke you're gonna you're gonna crush it it's gonna be amazing you guys are both amazing and 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 the jam jam especially i mean all of them you know i I like joking that it's like fight club for musicians (laughs) or whatever but it's really collaborative it's not let me beat you i want to win it's not that it's more like let's have this incredible conversation let's battle it out. Like, let's show what we got and let's yeah. make this extreme. Yeah. But it's not, I'm not trying to like prove a it, point or kill you or anything like that. It's a community thing, man. Like when the whole point of me making these songs, it's not about competing against each other. It's actually just unifying every genre of player yeah. together. Whether you play hip hop, whether you play rock, whether you play metal, whatever it is, it's about bringing everyone together and giving them the opportunity to collaborate together and yeah. it's like when we say like drum battle and all this but that night was so unified i mean i felt like some of my best friends and some of my close friends and you know we all came together everybody came together even the people in the crowd like freaking like goats that were there like they were there to support and that's the beautiful thing about that event yeah and i'll i'll still talk people still talk about it like man, the jam. Like some people like met me at Nam this year. That I was just walking. I was like, dude, the jam card thing, man. I was there and it was crazy, man. And I'm like, dude, I'm so grateful that you were there and it was special, you know. For sure. So, you know, hats off to you, bro. Like, thanks, man. I can't wait for 2.0. We got to do a 2.0. Maybe. Kaz and friends, who will play? Okay, wait. So first of all, <laughs> on this show, I always love. I talk openly about like things that I'm working on that I typically don't mm-hmm. say. Cause I'm, I'm a really like, I'm the kind of person I like doing the work yeah. behind the scenes. And then I don't talk about it until it's like, it's out. Right. Or it's same with the jam jam. You don't know about anything. And then all yeah. of a sudden it's like, it's tomorrow. Yeah. And only the people that, that I want to be there. know, And yeah. then no one else knows until we go live on Instagram. Or uh-huh. whatever, right. 
So, but on the show, I, I don't even, I just, I'm like, Hey, if you listen to this, thanks for listening. And I'm just going to talk openly yeah, um, and say things that are in the future that are even ideas. Maybe, oh, I, maybe we should build this, but I love getting feedback. So if we did Kaz 2.0, Kaz and friends, jam, jam, who, what drummers do you want to see play? Me? Yeah. Well, you can, oh. yeah. I was just saying, I don't know. Like there's so many, like for me personally, I definitely would love to get spot yeah. again because like spot was there on the night and spots really dear to my heart because you know i wrote i wrote a song for for spot and wrote stutter um but at the same time you know when he arranged uh my song rain uh that we did at zildjian live and it was just so special to collaborate with him because you know he's also a phenomenal like writer with ghost note and he would be really special to to have on that um, I would love I, to have Spud on. Spud was upset that he didn't play that one. I remember he came up yeah. to me that night and was like, man, how are you not going to have me do this? Yeah. I'm like, bro, you were filming all day, day. music directing. Yeah. Zildjian Live and VF Jams Live was like the day before I or know. something. I know. And you were like music directing like 10 songs for 10 <laughs> artists like each day. I know. I was like, how are you even here right now? That was the only reason why we didn't invite yeah. him because of yeah. course, but it's like a first call, right? Well, he was like, there. He like, still he, came. He turned up. And, and the thing yeah. is, it's really important like that, you know, I would love to have, you know, the, if there was the next one, it would be spot. And, you know, some, some guys that I would, I'm doing stuff with, you know, like, and, and at the same time, like Larnell would be great to have. Larnell Lewis. Larnell. And, you know, I, I really love, you know what the mad thing is as well, as weird as it sounds. And this is from a guy who doesn't play like a guy who doesn't play drums that I would love on there is Jacob. Collier. Oh, Jacob Collier on keys. Well, a fellow on, Brit. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Cause he's, you know, he's British. Yeah. He actually lived near, he, I used to live in like Richmond yeah. in, in, in London. And I think he used to live near there. I think. Do you know Jacob? I don't know Jacob. I'd be happy to introduce you guys. Yeah. You guys should totally know each other. Yeah. I mean, you know, cause he's, I, I, I find it fascinating how he, he writes and, you know, we'll get into it or how I write, but yeah. like, you know, I'd love to share ideas with him and also just to have him there, like just to see my world for sure. Of, and, and how I see music as well. Um, but he would be great. There's so many drummers, man. Like I just want some drummers that like, you know, I, I, I definitely want like uh, Lenny, Lenny Ox. Lenny the Ox. Yeah. Lenny, Lenny's like cool because like, he's so sweet. Every time I was in London, he wanted to come by to the studio and hang and we just missed He's he's yeah. such a sweetheart. I love yeah. Lenny. When him, Justin, he's out here. He's out here too now. Yeah, Lenny Mutale. I've got to hit yeah. him up, but he's yeah. he's just you know he's been spacey. We've been you know we're all just trying to connect for sure. But him, Justin Brown, Justin Brown would be awesome. Yeah, JD would be great. JD, JD Beck. I mean, he's grown. JD was there that night. Yeah, JD's always. JD um, played in the improv that night. Yeah, before the yeah the Kaz section. Yeah, yeah. I love JD. JD's yeah. a good good boy. Man. I'm so happy for him yeah. and Domi, man. They've done Taking so well. off right now. Yeah, with Anderson's label. Yeah. And it's just, it's, I'm so proud of them both because they've really been unified like together throughout their journey. And it's it's just, it's like, I don't know. I've, I see them from a distance and I'm seeing them how they've grown. And it's just like, you feel like a proud, <laughs> you're like a proud papa. Super even though, proud. But I'm not like, you know, I just love their journey. And I think everyone else does as well. So yeah, yeah those, those guys fantastic and it was great to have domi on that night doing the house band 
um, yeah loads there's so many people man like i've i've got so many favorites right now yeah but we can figure that out <laughs> at some point we should have taylor in the band yeah taylor graves taylor graves you're so, working you're in the studio right now making yeah man making the next kaz jams yeah bro i mean like taylor taylor and i really clicked well because we you know had our first writing session like when i first moved here in March and it was just like press record and just record whatever. And we had like great people. We had Joel Whitley on like who plays bass, but his name's Silk Tone or something like that on Instagram. But the guy's originally a guitarist and then he was playing bass. Like he was like killing on bass. Like this guy's like, he's like, you know, won so many Grammys on, on records and stuff and him. And then randomly like, uh, what's his name? Ah, oh, it's hit. It's it's hit my. It's it's just hit. Give me a mental block. Tony Austin. Oh yeah, yeah man. Tony Tony is another killer and obviously a legend in the game for sure. And he just turned up and then we just like wrote stuff with him, and it was just so many people. Then like we've written like an array of songs. So I'm finishing my record with with Taylor. So that would be great to have Taylor there because I really love the the architecture of how he writes and he's his way of writing is so special and just to play that live for what I do is completely different so yeah. we kind of unified something and it just I can't wait for you guys to hear it it's going to be cool I'm really excited to hear it man thanks. well you actually showed me a couple little little snippets oh, yeah. sounds fire already oh, thanks for it yeah, yeah. yeah. stay tuned <laughs> so what made you as a drummer decide to make drumless track music well, that that's a that's a crazy crazy moment for me. It was, it was just based on how I started in university, like or university. Sorry, university. Oh come on, yeah, university <laughs> in it, yeah. Um, in it. So <laughs> in it, mate. Do you know what I mean? Um, so <laughs> I started as a you know, it was an assessment. Like I I had a had a like coursework. And yeah. I had to like an assignment, which I had to make a drum track or like a music track. So I wrote seven to the power of six. Like I, I just wanted uh, to like play it and then just like have some sort of reference to play odd time signatures together. And then all of a sudden I was like, well, I was broke, you know, like every student <laughs> in college or university. And all I had was a hundred bucks, like, you know, or hundred pounds left in my bank account. And I was like, dude, I need to do something. Like I need something to happen. And all I wanted to do was share this music to people. So mm. I wrote like more songs and I wanted people to play songs. Like I watched Dave Weckl play to these sick tracks and Aaron playing all these tracks and Chris Coleman playing to tracks and Simon Phillips playing the protocol songs. And yeah. I was like, dude, I want to play these backing tracks and Dennis Chambers playing the pick hits album. And like, you know, I used to buy that DVD with like the, the basic one. And then the advanced one, I was like, you know, loud jazz and all that stuff. I was like, man, I want to play to this stuff, but I want people to have access to that because, you know, I remember like sending an email or some sort of message to Dave Weckl and I never got a response because I was like, Oh, how can I get that backing track? Like, he's like get out of here kid yeah, yeah get out of kid don't don't talk to me but no i'm sure like you, you know it was just i was just like a speck yeah you know so i ended up just deciding to to write this in college and do my thing and send it like 
to the masses. And I had looked up that you can upload your music to distribution. So I found a thing called CD Baby. Yep. So I used the, the remaining 70 pounds that I had in my account. And I just was like, oh, I hope something happens from this because I was eating like pasta and like tomato sauce. <laughs> like for so, so, and when you wrote like seven to the power of six, yeah. you were writing them as your, your tracks for you to drum to. Yeah. Or, or there were tracks that you had already drummed to. Mm -hmm. And you were like, okay, let me just take out the drums yeah. and upload that version and distribute that version. Yeah. It was just crazy. It was an experiment. It was just like, let, let's see, this yeah. could be cool. Yeah. Cause on online, I couldn't find backing tracks like on iTunes and stuff like that. Cause at the time that's when iTunes really birthed with like digital, you know, sales and stuff. So for albums, I couldn't find anything. Uh, there was one thing I found, which was like a, like a gospel kind of thing. And yeah. it was just very midi. And I just wanted to have a different genre. So I just morphed my favorite styles, <laughs> just put it in like birthed this like multi-genre monster and and then all of a sudden, like a month later, like people, like Tony Royster, just like people would message me going, dude, Tony Royster's playing it on this, you know, Sabian performance. And I was like, what is he playing? He's playing Guide Me. And I was like, man, I don't even know Tony, but he's playing it. And That's so cool. Yeah. And then other people started getting hip to it. So then I, you know, when I met Aaron, Aaron, I sent him Seven to the Power Six. And then he played the London Drum Show and closed the show with my song. And then everyone started freaking out. It was like, this is a weird genre of music, but yeah. it works. So now ev then that stemmed. And then I did a drum festival and met, uh, this was in my university time. Like I started really getting into the drum thing and then met Chris Coleman. And I was like, Hey Chris. And he goes, I know who you are. I know who you are Kaz. And I'm like, what? And he's like, man, I really love your music. It's different. And I want to tell you something. If you keep doing this, it's going to, it's going to go far. Like if you keep doing this and I, he said, make me a track. And I said, I will make you a track. Yeah. So I went in my room, in my bedroom and I had a 25 key keyboard and I wrote go. Wow. So, you know, that song. Go. Oh, yeah. So he, I wrote that for him. His first song that he, he had to play and um, did the, that minor video. And like now it's like three, almost 4 million views on, on YouTube. And I'm like, this is weird. Like, and he's like, I told you, like, yeah. you got to keep doing this. And then I wrote another one for him and that went viral. And then another one. And then he started playing my album music that I released. And then that's how I met Annika. And then from Annika, I wrote more for Aaron Spears and then met Spot in Bag Show in, in, in Paris. And he said, write me a song. Well, he heard my song Stutter, yeah. with me playing it first. And then he's like, can you write it for me? So I said, all right, it's yours. So it just kind of stemmed like through more drummers, Alex Rudinger, who plays like heavy metal. I'm like, this is crazy. And then Blast beats. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, then yeah. Matt, 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 Matt Gasker as well. Like in his Berkeley days, he was playing to my stuff. Wow. And on Facebook, while I was playing, making tracks, and I had this song called Mesmerize. And then Matt always like said, man, yeah, you should release this stuff. Like before, this is before us like being us. And it was just such a sign for me to go, well, you know what? I'm going to release it. So, uh, it, and that's how we brought all these drummers together. And there's, there's been an array of people like, you know, there's, then that's how Devin played hero mm -hmm. and then Rico played hero. And then it just stems more and more people. And then Teddy Campbell just hit me up and then I wrote something for him. Then Calvin Rogers, I wrote something for Calvin Rogers. And then it just keeps going. And I think the beautiful thing is that 
all these genre, all these genres of players are universally playing this one style of whatever it is. And they just, it's just so special. And it makes me feel complete because I'm like, that was my goal mm. to bring all genre of musicians together to play this, 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 this uh, foundation of music where you can paint your own picture. What, you know. what, what I love about is the painting of your own picture. Cause I yeah. love that because for example, yeah. the song that I did. Yeah. So I played that night too. With oh yeah. Me and Thaddeus. Thaddeus Dixon. Thaddeus Dixon, which was awesome. Mm. And then when I was doing that, that was my first time actually drumming to one of your tracks. Yeah. And so I went on YouTube and was like, oh, let me want, let me see what <laughs> other drummers have done. And you hear so many different interpretations on mm. the same song. And it's crazy what a drum beat can do to completely flip a song with you playing at halftime, double time. Yeah. Swinging it straight whatever chopping here not chopping here yeah you know what whatever it is it's like it changes the whole attitude and vibe yeah of the song so that's that's such a cool thing to you played headline headline yes yeah. of course i chose i just chose that because the song title <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not the music just yeah, the yeah. title i was like looking through his track names like headline <laughs> that's mine <laughs> i choose you yeah 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 <laughs> go even though i think i think i put thaddeus and i first that night yeah Right? Yeah. Because I was like, I'm not playing after everybody. <laughs> it's like, like, me and Thaddeus first. And then I think it was Devin and Rico. Yeah. And then Matt and Luke. And then me and then and you and Aaron. Yeah. It was just a special night, bro. And I, like I said, how the, it was fascinating to, to see such a massive crowd. And then the following day, me and Aaron had to do Zildjian Live. <laughs> and we were beat. <laughs> all the drinking that night too. Yeah. All the just, oh, just yeah. I think the thing with the jam jam is like the next day I'm so depleted because yeah. your serotonin's just gone and I don't even yeah. like do drugs or anything, but it's just like your the happiness meter yeah. is 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 pegged it's crazy. for six hours. And then the next day you're like, oh man. It was it was just surreal. I just loved every moment. You you like crushed crushed that night and I can't wait for you know now that I'm here. I just can't wait to see what else we can do. You, just, you named a bunch of drummers right now that we should get on, on the Kaz 2.0 Jam Jam. Yes. You pretty much just said like yeah. most of it. Oh yeah. <laughs> Definitely want to get Chris, like my boy Chris. I miss Chris Coleman. Chris yeah. Coleman would be amazing. I don't know who's going to want to play with him though. I'll, I'll play with him. There we, it is. We've, we've played, <laughs> me and Chris. It's Kaz and Chris. Me and Chris have so much fun. We were in China. We did a tour together and we just have so much humor when we play. Like um, it's, he, he's, he's like my bro. Like, Again, the tracks, he's, I'm so grateful that he can trust me on the songs yeah. that I write for him. I wrote like four songs for that guy and playing with him is just humorous. Like when we have fun, we have fun. Of course, he's a monster. But when we play, we've played together, like just like Aaron, like with, we don't bring egos. We, we, we just share and have fun. Yeah. And that's the most important thing. It's not about, look at me, I'm going to crush you. Like, it's not about that. Let's, let's, let's just have fun yeah that's what it's about if you start thinking about competition and who's got the best this and who's that it's like that's not what we're about and i know that that's not like jam card is all about togetherness exactly so let's do this together yeah and let's have fun together not compete you know so, totally yeah man um so you have synesthesia yeah which i want to talk about because someone who doesn't have it and researching it, it seems like, wow, that'd be amazing to have, but I'm, I'm sure there's also a downside to it. Mm -hmm. um, first of all, will you tell everyone like what that is in case they don't know? And then 
what it's like for you. It's crazy. So, like, the whole story behind it is this. Like, synesthesia is um, it's kind of a rare phenomenon that it's a rare condition. Doesn't sound like good me saying condition, but <laughs> it's a rare condition. Um, <laughs> basically, it's, it's a form of, I see color in the way that I write music. So I'm self-taught as a drummer, as a keyboard player, as a composer. And I, and I don't know what notes I play on the piano. Um, and whenever I'm recording or anything like that, I'm, I'm very much using color as my source of inspiration. Because when you hear sounds, you yeah. see color. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have, uh, like I play a crash cymbal and I'll hear like three or four chords in that. And I'll go on a piano and I'll be like, that sounds like this is blue, here's orange, here's green. And that's how I like wrote Rain and like all my songs is yeah. all based on what I hear. But the story behind that is purely based on when I was in a coma. Yeah, newsflash. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's talk about this. <laughs> so the synesthesia, I, I had it lightly when I was a kid. And I always used to be picked on when people were, oh, you're weird, dude. Like you're calling things blue and orange and turquoise and purple and stuff. And people thought I was like high or something. Like I don't, I don't do drugs. So, but like it's, I was just like, no, no, this sound sounds like blue and orange. And I never really understood it. But then when I was like 20 in my, in my twenties, I ended up doing a session and in a part of London that I wasn't really like wasn't really safe right mm. um and then i got stabbed with a knife and it was it was bad like i had the knife stuck in me here right in my stomach here and uh, i lost a lot of blood and i remember passing out and then i woke up three months three hours and 47 minutes later yeah wow and i was out of my coma and i woke up to music and i woke up to debussy my mother realized that I always reacted to music when I was a kid. And I ended up waking up to Debussy because I was fascinated by classical music. That's why there's a lot of that influence in my music um, with the movements. And I woke up and she was like, what? Like, it's crazy. And as I woke up, I, I could see color, like, vis like visually I could see color. I could never see it before. Um, I could just like describe the colors of something when I was pre-stabbed. Right. And it would just, it just excelled and it was just a phen phenomenal experience and I couldn't walk, so I couldn't play drums. So it took me a while for my muscles and my body to like retrain to move again. And uh, I just spent time on a piano and I'd hear things like I heard birds singing or I hear like the wind and I just play music like it wasn't drum track related. It was, it was just music. And I could realize I could compose about my environment. So I used to like show my friends, like this is a song about the birds singing. And I was like, Oh, here you go. And then I ended up writing a song about bird singing, which was Lotus like wow. on my fourth album, Synesthesia. And I was like, well, this is a real, like, you know, obviously they all started to evolve. My music started to evolve even more. And this was, this was pre like seven to the power six. Mm -hmm. Like I just could realize I could write stuff and it, ju I just learned to harness it. And synesthesia is 
it's it's like a blessing and a curse for me because I, I can't switch it off. Right. <laughs> so like I can see color right now. I can hear color right now. And then I'll put it on a piano. But the the only way to switch it off for me is white noise. So if you want to hear <laughs> I'm just like switched off. Yeah. But to anybody else it's like, oh, dude, that's the most annoying sound. For me it's like, oh I like white noise. I I, I yeah. sleep to it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean some it's on sleep apps. Yeah. You know, and it helps it helps me switch it off, but at the same time it's a blessing. And if I hadn't had that, I'd probably still be working on what I'm doing, but I'm just grateful to be able to utilize that I've had a second chance in life. Yeah. And to be able to create and actually to give to the world of music, like just to help share my my music experience and my emotions that I put in my music to every drummer that wants to play to music. You how, know? how many years ago was that when you got stabbed? I was like 20, 20, turning 21. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. And so and what was the date? The date? It was 2000 and... 2008 no 2009 do you remember the date though the date yeah uh when was that it was like probably the two probably like when i can't remember the date i think it was like something in like june or something like that june i remember it was a friday (laughs) that's what i remember and then three three months three hours and 47 minutes later (laughs) i just woke up i was like right let's get a burger (laughs) yeah (laughs) Anyone got a shawarma? <laughs> shawarma? Wow. Like, yeah. Any yeah. any lamb neck? Any lamb neck and around? some naan bread? <laughs> <laughs> well, and then you're like, whoa! What are these? What what am I seeing here, dude? I I wow. just yeah, it's crazy. But it was it was the one of it was an experience that I got to really cherish life. So yeah. I I know that how I heard of synesthesia originally was that because Quincy Jones has it. Yeah. And Quincy is one of my advisors and, and one of our investors in Jamcard. Another, another bucket list to meet him. Love you, Quincy. Got to make that happen. Quincy is the legend. Yes, sir. The goat of the goats. The goat of all goats. Um, and, and I know if you Google it and you research it, there's a lot of really famous composers mm-hmm. that, that had, had synesthesia. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Quincy is one of the greatest arrangers yeah. of all time. So. Mm-hmm. There's definitely something really special in there in your music that obviously that's, that's, I don't want to say that's it because it's also you and your soul and everything else that comes, but like what that plays to, it makes, must make you so uniquely you Mm. because, you know, I know when you hear composers talk about like, oh, when they uh, score a film, they say like, oh yeah, well this, this scene is blue. I need to figure that. But like you actually, it's not about researching like the color of sound you actually have it vividly in front of yeah. you. So yeah, I, that, 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 that must be incredible. Like, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I want, I want to like, I want to dive into that more. I want to yeah. like, I, I want to like, I, I, like, how can we, what could we do to make someone have that experience that doesn't have synesthesia? Like what, like, how is there a way to make that come to life for, for somebody else? Don't get stopped. <laughs> Just don't say I'm joking. No, I think I think <laughs> No, um I think you're I think the the reality of what I've researched on myself is that we're all born with it. Yeah. As babies, you know, when you're a baby, 
you know, you when you see a child, a newborn child looking at those little toys that float around, you know, they, they don't have full vision yet when they're when they're born, right? But they react to seeing these colours above and they go, ha ah, like you know. Yeah. But the older we get, it kind of like disjoints you. So you don't react to it as much because it gets kind of like your brain develops and all this and then it that side goes away. So when you see a kid get like jacked up about a, a you know a red lego yeah <laughs> he's like this is a red lego oh if you see how red this is look at this jam card logo it's like <laughs> it's yellow man it's black and yellow oh wow <laughs> and it's like but they trip out over colors because their brain is reacting to this 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 color and it they it makes them feel a certain way but for me it's like it it's always been there and and i think for a person to kind of have a similar situation is just to see music in different perspectives. And I think, I feel like everyone has it. Some people have it strong. Some people don't like when I see someone like Jacob Collier, it's like, it's like insane. Yeah. Like how he just analyzes music and sees music in a perspective and how he can, like when I see him do the the crowd thing, I've never seen him live, but like, Oh, you, you have to see him live. Yeah, how he how he manipulates and controls the crowd. Oh, is yeah. it's in on it, another level. Yeah, it's on another level. But like, yeah, that thing that he does is yeah. just that grouping thing, and it's just yeah. like, you know, he's got it down to a T. Yeah, but it's also like the way he hears notes move with other notes, and yeah. you know, try to make the unconventional thing sound yeah. like acceptable, and that's what I found. Like when I write music, I always try to be forgiving mm. in taking risk yeah like if someone like i get keyboard players going what chord did you play like that sounds insane that I me mean, i'm yeah. like i don't know yeah. <laughs> it's just like i don't know i just saw that it worked yeah someone yeah. just you know like my guy mark stevens like another legend like he plays with shaka khan and josh groban but he's like you know he's like goat he used to play with like george duke and Amazing. you know all these guys and um he always used to go like kaz that sounds that that f sus seven thing like and i'm like what? <laughs> what what is that you know and that's the thing like i wish i knew that mm -hmm. like that's like the jacob territory but i just kind of go oh that's just that's like sky blue yeah that color and right. that's the chord like you give me sky blue i'll, I'll play that for you and it's if you give me green like grass green like you know don't know like <laughs> have you ever spoken with someone that has synesthesia yeah and um, is it similar like when you talk about it or is it completely different to your own completely different wow yeah because everyone because what is color anyways right yeah. we all interpret colors well, differently anyways. yeah it, 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 there's different people that have different things like some people uh like have emotions attached to color like when they see a painting they like start reacting emotionally or like some i've met someone that has smell like when they're happy they smell citrus like they smell lemon when they're sad they smell earth mm. you know when they're in love or getting down with it you know they smell like strawberries and stuff and i'm like wow. do you actually smell these things and they're like yeah but it's the synesthesia so because the synesthesia is is senses that are yeah. essentially mixed right yeah, like mixed. You, you're experiencing a sense and it that's different than the sense that you should be experiencing yeah yeah. exactly and it's it's a it's a fantastic thing to see in different perspectives like right now i'm doing a i'm gonna do i'm, I'm on a, a a netflix 
thing that they're filming with me. Amazing. Um, can't say too much about it, but yep. it will be based on how I do my my everyday life. Mm. But they have other people that there's a guy who counts numbers like that, and it's a ten year old kid, <laughs> and that's in he's he's got synesthesia. Wow, and he's in India. Like, there's so many phenomenons out there who have a case of synesthesia in different perspectives. An artist, you know has synesthesia who does like random drawings of things and a person who's never touched um an instrument can learn an instrument like that because their synesthesia is path in the movements and it's understanding formulas i mean so so like to try to paint a picture of it visually yeah so when you like hit a crash symbol do you see color coming off of it the way like a sound wave would come off of it yeah so like the way I see it now, yeah. like every time you talk, yeah. it sounds like, a, it looks like a sound wave, but in a color. So every, like right now you've been talking to me, yeah. I've seen greens, oranges, blues, purples, violets, and sometimes I see some gold, you know. I have a lot of, I have the full spectrum apparently. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of lot of colors because we're talking in different it's, dynamics. It's, it's all different tonally, like, and yeah. just the pitch of us talking. Yeah, so I see it like a sound wave. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like a it's like a sound cloud in real life. Whoa. <laughs> you know, it's like it's mad. Yeah, so that is so crazy, <laughs> dude. And okay, yeah, so that's why you can match. Like, okay, the color of this crash symbol, yeah, matches these chords yeah. or on, on piano yeah. or this chord on piano. Yeah. It's incredible. Well, that's how I wrote Rain. Wow. So I wrote Rain on the flight going to LA because Spot was like, do you have a song that you want to play? And I was like, yeah, all right, let me write something. Yeah. <laughs> I said yes, but I really wasn't. But right. I was just finishing a tour in Poland with Josh Groban. And then I was on a plane and then I just like kind of wrote something quickly. Yeah. And then it was like, do no 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 it was like a five thing and i heard rain so when i heard the rain on the window on the flight i just went oh and i just put that on a 25 key keyboard sent it over to to spot and spot just started rehearsing it and i was like there you go and i and i never got to play it because i actually hadn't played that song so the first time i ever played it was the rehearsal which i only had one rehearsal with for that Zildjian live thing. And then yeah. the next time was like, just do two takes and mm. there you go. And it, and it's, it's, it's purely the color. And the best thing about it is that cause I wrote the song, I knew where to put it because like, I know what I'm doing with the drums, but the colors actually guided me to play what I needed to play on the drums. So it was just, it was fun. Like I didn't have to over rehearse it. And it's just, it's mad. <laughs> Yeah, so it can help you even remember music, huh? Yeah, that's what I do with Josh. I yeah. got I everyone else reads um, on that gig. I can't read. Wow. <laughs> so I, I just learn and memorize all the pieces. Now I'm learning to read, um, and it makes more sense. But when I first started with Josh in 2018, when you came to one of my shows, Josh like, Groban, by the way. Yeah, it was, and and I, I just used to color. I used to put colors on my iPad to the chart and stuff. And people were like, what's he got green and orange and That's blue? That's crazy. And it was like, people were just going, what, uh, you know, what is, this, what is this freak doing? And I'm like, this is how I remember music. And um, 
I just eventually then I just remember memorized it. Like the whole band recharts. It was like pages and pages. Before we went on iPads, everyone was on paper. So I ended up just memorizing everything and, and I learned like what, like sixty, seventy tunes and I just like remembered them. And it's just like it's because I, I have that color codes thing in my head that tells wow. me how to learn music. So yeah. And the Groban songs are like, I mean, a lot of them are orchestral yeah. pieces, right? Yeah. So it's not your, it's not a four, four pop song yeah. that you're just gonna, that you know, it's the same. And then the chorus, you open up the hats a little more. Yeah. It's not- there you go. <laughs> well, it's kind of crazy because Josh's stuff is a mixed match. It's a lot of like, sometimes it's odd time signatures like a la Luce. Right. And then sometimes it's like River and Steve Jordan produced that tune. So I've got to play like Steve Jordan and play, and you heard that and on the and sometimes like you know Josh made me put, like write a song like for the set which you heard yeah Marrakesh. which was awesome thanks man yeah. you could tell it was kind of oh, my production. I'm like oh there's the yeah there's the Kaz moment yeah 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 <laughs> but you know it's great like playing and he's like you know whatever so I wrote a song in fifteen. So I'm like, why not? If we get to do this in stadiums. Because well, Josh is like brilliant, right? Yeah. Musically, he's, in, he's, in, he's incredible. He's insanely proficient. Genius. Yeah. Absolutely a genius. And it's great. Like I said, we get to have fun. And the, the whole idea is just to play all different styles. But I can memorize those things by using color, color schemes. I love that. Yeah. I was so happy too because Josh Groban, that, that's in my mom's top three. Oh, yeah. Mom loves Josh Groban. <laughs> So all of a sudden, oh. Kaz gets the Josh Groban gig. I'm like, Mom, you want to go see Josh Groban play? Oh, yeah. I'll bring us backstage. She's so sweet, man, when she was there. Uh, she was so happy. She's like, ah! <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> She Josh. loves Josh Groban. And you know what's so funny is, yeah. so thank you for introducing her to Josh Groban, by the way. Still an amazing. Pleasure. And uh, that was her second time meeting Josh Groban. And that was her makeup time because the first time she blew it. Oh, really? She blew it. <laughs> it was, it was at, uh, so Christina Perry. So I, I was music directing and drumming with Christina for years. Yeah. And we're still best friends to this day, but I stopped playing with her when I wanted to, when I went to start Jam Card, because mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I can't tour mm-hmm. anymore. I need to just focus on this, starting this company. Yeah. So I stopped touring and then uh, Wayne Miller became her MD. Great guy, great MD. And then, yeah. So anyway, so then they were, back in town on tour and they're playing the wheel turn. So I brought my mom and we were standing in front of house and I turned around behind me and I saw Josh Groban, uh, you know, like five feet away in the front of house area at, at, uh, at the, at the wheel turn, you know? And, uh, and I, cause he was friends with Christina. I think they're the same publicist and whatever, whatever thing it is. So I walk up to, uh, so he's behind me though. So my mom's just watching the show so she doesn't notice that. I'm just like, okay. I, I like leave her and I go say what up to Josh. Yeah. Josh, super cool guy. He's awesome. He's the homie. And I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry to ask you this because I'm <laughs> no, that is the question you always get. But my mom's a huge fan. Could you please, could I introduce you to her right now? Could you just say hi? He was like, yeah, dude, of course. No problem. I was like, okay, great. But she didn't know that. And I surprised her. So all of a sudden I walk, I walk up with, with Josh Groban from behind her and I, and I tap my mom on the shoulder. I'm like, Hey mom, I want to introduce you to someone. This is Josh. <laughs> and he goes, hello, Patty. Like you have a great son or whatever. And she goes, Josh. <laughs> and she's like holding his hand. He's like, he's like, he's like, hi, Patty. She's, Josh. <laughs> he's like, yes, you, you must be so proud. You know what? 
Josh. <laughs> and I was like, mom, stop. Stop. What are you that, doing? Like, and I never even seen her. It was, I shouldn't have surprised her. Yeah. It really threw her off. And then she was just looking at him like, oh, like Jesus or something. <laughs> I was like, and then I felt, that. I felt so embarrassed and so bad. Oh. I was like, dude, I am so sorry. Like, <laughs> and he was like, it's okay. I think it like obviously happens to him a lot, probably uh, with the, the mom demographic, yeah. which is funny because he's such a cool guy. Mm. He's such a cool guy. And uh, yeah, so anyways, she blew it. That was it. She just kept saying Josh over and over for a solid minute and never stopped. <laughs> just Josh. So anyway, so, and then, so I apologized to him. And then later on that night, we were backstage and, yeah. and you know, he was, he was cool. And he was like, it's, it's good. It's fine. <laughs> I'm like, she freaked out, dude. I'm sorry. I've never seen her freak out like that. Oh, the only other time was when I, uh, I was on tour with Jason Mraz yeah. and I introduced her to Jason backstage and Jason was like, you know, stoned <laughs> and Jason also super chill, mellow guy, yeah. rad guy. And I'm like, I'm like, Oh mom, this is Jason. Wow. <laughs> what are you doing mom? Like you, <laughs> she's been around so many of my friends for so long, but it's like, I normally am not, with artists that she cares about normally, yeah. you know, like the Grobins and the Mraz yeah. and the whatever. So when it, so that freaked her out. But anyways, I'm, so then when I brought her back to your show at the, we're at the forum backstage, I'm like, mom, this can't happen again. Like this, you have to make up for it. Redemption. Yeah. You have <laughs> to make up for it because if not, I'm never doing this again. This is your, you know, I'm never doing this again. And then, but at least, so it didn't surprise her. Yeah. And then, and then you guys walked up after the show. We had just watched the whole show, which was amazing. And she was like, you know, I John, and she was super cool. And he was like, hello. He kissed her hand and everything. Aww. And he was such a sweetheart and she totally held it together. And then, and then he walked away and I looked at her. I was like, you did it. Yeah. And she was like, I did. She was so proud of herself. So, I saw that. Yeah. It was so sweet. I'm, I'm so glad that you came to that as well. Cause it was like, especially it was, it was a shock for a lot of people because they were like, Kaz doing Josh Groban. Not what like, you would expect. Yeah. Yeah. But then you heard me and then you were like, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah you murdered it yeah, it's just groove i mean you play yeah. you played very appropriately when it was supposed to just be like not your moment and yeah. you're just like accompanying the song and then yeah. you also had your moments which yeah. were which you would not expect at a groban <laughs> show either i'm like which shows because josh is a drummer right yeah he's a great drummer too. so groban's a great drummer so he really appreciates and lets you have those moments because he would only do that if he thought that's awesome <laughs> yeah i want that in my show that's awesome yeah josh always has drum features and he he's he's because there's a sick it. list of drummers that have played with josh in front of you right oh yeah there's been uh oh there's there's an array array dave desenzo was before me one of the best yeah one of the best uh we had uh who else craig mcintyre who plays for the goo goo, goo, dolls. goo dolls yeah and then we had um gary novak <laughs> it's like one of the goats one yeah. of the goats it's yeah. like and i'm sitting there just like now I've been carried on with the baton. Was this was this no hair Gary or long hair Gary? No hair Gary. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are rave people that do, and you know, I had during the pandemic, we've had, uh, you know, subs. I had a sub for for during the pandemic, and and I could not believe it. But it was like J.R. Robinson. Wow. Was subbing for me, and I was like what wow <laughs> it's like crazy World's number one most recorded drummer of all time i know and i was like this is crazy and it was just kind of then i was like kind of like you know paranoid i was like maybe he's going to take my gig <laughs> josh was like no we miss you we miss you yeah, we actually we, we freaking miss you bro. ain't nobody like, cares bro you're the only cares <laughs> but it's great like just the great drummers that have been involved you know just seeing like i remember them telling me like steve jordan's played with with josh like steve 
produced like his bridges, like some of the bridges stuff, like there's a song called River and I got to meet Steve and I get to like, we, me and Steve played together on Radio City and I was just like, this is crazy. And the sto funny story behind that was like, he didn't, un he didn't learn his music. He didn't learn his music. Like he was like, well, he, it's not that he didn't learn it. He was just like, you know, I asked him, I said, how do you want to do it? And he goes, I don't want to play to click. So I'm, a, I'm going to follow you, Kaz. And I'm like, you, I want to follow you. Yeah. Like, Steve, like <laughs> you're the, you're the, you're the foundation. You're like the OG, like, and it was just great. We had fun and we played that night and it was great. Like two drummers playing a freaking ballad together. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> how do we do this? It was just fun, man. And we had a great time. So Steve was another cat. Vinny's played with Josh. Crazy. Yeah. It's yeah. like, he's on record. He's on the records. Yeah. Like, you're playing Vinnie Calyuta drum parts. Like, yeah, I was just God. like, wow, I don't Better know. Better be silky smooth. I hope so. Yeah. No, no one's as silky as that guy, man. And then in this show, on the, so you just finished a tour right now, yeah. right? You just got back. And yeah. so on that tour, there was like a, a shed moment between you and, and Groban. <laughs> yeah, we were shedding every show. It was so <laughs> sick. And he, did you tell me he was doing double kick? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I love that. It was crazy. Josh Groban ripping double kick drum is amazing. Dude, like he started with just like, he, he had it there the whole time, but he never played it. As he got comfortable, like halfway through the show, I just remember going like, dude, like, you know, we all have like eight bars each. And yeah. then he started going, and I was like, whoa. And I used to like shout. I was like, how, that is nuts. Like his, his double bass pedal stuff's better than mine. That's why I just stick with it. Dude. He rips, man. He can play. Like people, people go, ah, oh, he's just, it's like a, a nag, you know, like a, like a, like a, a niche thing, but no, it's actually a thing. Like Josh is a fantastic drummer. He, like he plays in seven. He can, he's he a can, real drummer. He's a real drummer. Yeah. And he, and that's how he found me. Like, that's how I got the gig like online. Like he was just, he saw me on Drumeo because he knew that I was like a composer right. as well. And then he like suggested me to like the music director, Tarek Okoni, shout out to Tarek Okoni. Um, and he called me saying, I'm going to put you through. And Josh also at the same time said, do you know this guy? I want him in my band. He's, he's like, this, he's like, this guy's amazing. Cause he's a, he's a singer song. He, he's a songwriter and a, and like a drummer. And he, he plays all these crazy things. And like Tarek was like, that's the guy that I recommended you. And then it's just like put two and two together. And then they put me on the band. And I was like, that's crazy because he's like a drum fan. Yeah. He loves drummers. He's watching Drumio. He's watching Drumio. He's, he, <laughs> that's a real drummer. Yeah. And he loves, he loves so many drummers and we, we geek out about drummers. He knows his drums. Like, he's like, you know, Oh, I love Zildjian K's man. Like, and all that. So I gifted him on the start of the tour. I gifted him uh, some K's. He's like, these are the K dark fins. And I'm like, he knows his shit. Wow. It's like, whoa, this is bad. Like he knows his stuff, man. And I'm, and he's just like, yeah, just, you know, Yamaha, Remo heads, like ambassador. He goes, yeah, sometimes I, yeah, these, sometimes I like to use the Yamaha doubles, but maybe the DWs might be good. Like the 9,000. I'm like, he knows his stuff. He knows his pedals. He knows his pedals, dude. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah. I love that. And, and you guys are like homies now. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, we're gonna we're gonna do some cool stuff like we're gonna like hopefully like write some song uh, uh, a song together for like his new stuff. And it's just like we're just in the in the talks of it, but like we're just gonna hang. Like he's here and he's Love in that. New York and he's like tight man. He's like the most important thing for me is to know that like the artist that I work for, like especially is just like a friend. Yeah. Like it's not someone like, oh yeah, that's my boss. Not only is he my boss, he's also my dear friend. Well, that makes the tour amazing. Yeah. The chemistry we have with the band, it's like insane. I love that. It's insane. And we're all built on humor. What you see with Josh on stage is what you see in real life. Amazing. And that's that's just the best. Yo, Groban at the Cas 2.0 Jam Jam. <laughs> what I'll, if he actually drummed at it? I'll bring him. To show the drum world, like the actual music world. Like, like don't even have him sing. Just have him drum. Hey, man. That is tight. I'll bring him. I'll I'll give him a shout. Say, I hey. love that. <laughs> Let's get it. <laughs> I love that. Dude. That'd be amazing. Yeah, man. That's so. I'm so happy for you, dude. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you. So man. much is gonna happen for you. Thank you. Being here, because now you're like in it. Yeah. In it. And in now it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in it. In it, mate. <laughs> now you're now you're here. I mean, yeah. you already look. Look, you got here, and then immediately Thomas Lang like gives you a studio. Yeah, that's I'm, incredible, dude. Oh, I'm so grateful. And uh, but also you've returned the favor by being like, here, let me make the studio even better, right? Well, and like, yeah. and what, and what you've, you've, you're contributing. Yeah, right? and we're and we're gonna do more things together. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna start writing. We, you know, he writes a lot of commercial stuff and and trailer stuff. Like yeah. uh, this is a side that they don't see of Thomas, and right. I do that as well. Like I'm not just a drum track guy. Like sixty percent of my work is commercial film and video game music that mm. I write for. So it's like. They like I can do that with Thomas as well, and we can just share our business together, and it's just a perfect synergy because, you know, he turns down a lot of stuff, I turn down a lot of stuff. I said, let's not turn it down, and let's make a business out of it. And yeah, it's great, and it's just we're just you know drummers that get to hang and geek out, and just we we made a redecoration of the place just to give some more life. And he does a lot of stuff for Drum Channel, and he streams and he's so busy that I want to be able to give back as well. And that's the beauty of what I like doing. I like to help everybody like, so we're all together, you know, we're, we're people in the end of the day, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's a great thing that the opportunity I have to have that studio um, and just bring everyone in. You got to come over. I'm coming. Well, now I didn't realize when you, when you and I had dinner last week and you're like, Oh yeah, I'm going to build out the studio. I didn't think that when I saw you next week, you'd be like done. Yeah. I'm like, damn, bro. <laughs> That's yeah. not very LA of you. LA, an LA drummer would say like, I'm building out my studio. And then six months later, he'd be like, no, I'm almost done. No, done. You know, yeah, no, you're, you're coming over with the, uh, I'm bringing that British, bring that British man. energy. Just like, let's go finished, finished. I, I'll come next week, man. Let's go. I want to come see it, but I need to practice my drums before I come over. Oh, come on, Cause dude. I want to play on Bozio's kit. You want, dude, you don't even, as a person who has practiced for many, <laughs> many years of his life, going on that drum set, I guarantee you, you don't know where to start. Yeah. It's just because there's so much. Yeah. You have to play differently. It's yeah. like, it's musical, but I see the system behind it. And it's amazing to see when you see Bozio play it, like, yeah. I've actually never met Bozio in real life. Oh, wow. But when he does come, he's going to, I'm going to be like, wow yeah because like, he's in japan you know yeah. he's like 
Um, but I met, I met him once. He was really nice. Yeah, he's. Yeah, I know yeah. he's a sweet guy. Thomas yeah. said as well. And like, like, just like Thomas. Thomas is super sweet. Like, yeah, I go on his drum set whenever I'm at the studio, and I'm just playing. And goes, yeah, but yeah. Tom, Thomas and Terry are like, I don't know. I'm, I don't know either of them very well. I've met both of them, so I'm yeah. just off my first impressions. Terry's more of like soft spoken. Yeah, like okay, hey, hey, man, okay, yeah, cool, right. right? And then Thomas Lang's like superstar. Yeah. Superstar but Thomas Lang. Thomas Thomas is a legend, man. Yeah, and, he is. And, and the thing is, like, he's an Italian. He's got the energy. He's got star energy. Like, yeah, he's his his energy, his business game is everything that he's built for himself. He used to be in London. He used to live in London for like fifteen years or something like that. And it's just like he has such a good business acumen, a creative, like his imagination is just and and the reflection of that is how he plays. Yeah, I mean, I've been on his drum set and I'm sitting there going. How can you play this stuff? Like yeah. I'm sitting at the same height, the way he plays, the sticks are like giant logs, but the guy's a monster. Yeah. When people try to say like how he plays, it's like, oh, this, I'm like, this guy is an artist of creativity and imagination. It's perfect. It's perfect. The yeah. way he plays. And that's yeah. why he's good at what he it does. It sounds perfect. The hits are perfect. Everything, the execution, it sounds like intentionally quantized. Like it's, it's yeah. It seems it's exciting to see that when he comes back and I'm next to, I'm like, we have a window that yeah. actually gets us to see each other. So his production studio is like right opposite. Is it fully soundproofed? It's, it's soundproofed to, in his room and yeah. my room. You hear a little bit of bleed, but it's it's like no, no drum is going to be playing at the same time. But right. the thing is my room is also controlled, uh, connected to his. Okay, but I also have control over. Like I can, I will sometimes go to his room to record, or we'll we'll use the control room for when I do production and stuff. So it's like kind of whatever, right? But this it's a massive room. Thomas <laughs> on Cast Two Point Yeah, bro. Yeah, the Cast Two Point Jam Jam is going to be that. lit. Thomas would love to do. We've that. already put the lineup together on the show. I think there it is. Yeah, let's go. We got we got to get a a legend, a Weckle or a Steve Smith or a. We got to get one of like the. I'd love to get Weckle. Or a Vinny. Dude, if we could get Vinny. I made friends with Vinny. I will cry. If Vinny's I a sweet Vinny. guy, man. Well, Vinny knows Mark Stevens. Like Mark Stevens' record, Vinny's on it. And Vinny, Vinny and I like text and talk on the phone. Like he's dude. like, he, we, we made friends just a few years ago. And I, that was another moment for me. It was like you with Aaron Spears, even yeah. though I had that with Aaron too yeah. originally. But yeah. when I had it with Vinny, I was like, like calling him and being like, hey man, yeah. what's up Elmo? And then yeah. I'll never forget one time I was on the phone with him. Oh, I called, <laughs> dude, I called him once. Once again, I talk about everything on the show. Yeah. I called him once to 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 ask him if he wants to do a, a sample pack with Jam Card Samples for yeah. Spice. He's like, I don't know, man. What's, <laughs> what is a sample pack? <laughs> he right? is the walking sample, bro. And then I told him, uh, I told him what it was and he was like, okay, Ah, all right. And he was like thinking about it. And I could tell he was like being cool. And then I was getting into an Uber and I was yeah. like, I was in New York. I was leaving my hotel. I remember this like perfectly. And I was like, Oh, Hey, Hey Vinny, hold on one minute. I'm like getting into my Uber. Let me, let me just say what's up to the Uber driver and whatever. And he's like, no problem, dude. And I put it on mute, Yeah, but I could still hear him. And that was when I realized as soon as I put him on mute, he was just like, and he was just, he was like practicing on his practice pad. That's and I just got this visual. We weren't FaceTiming, but I just had this visual of like, whoa, Vinny is still practicing all the time to the point where he's talking to someone on the phone and he's just got his sticks in his hand and he's just on his pad 
one thing that hit me and stayed with me forever that I'll never forget. So my cousin Joe, Joe Lovano, yeah. he's a jazz legend, right? Yeah. Saxophonist, he's incredible. I look up to him so much. Mm-hmm. He's like my biggest influence. Yeah. And uh, he's 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 older than me. He's so he's he's my mom's cousin, right? So he's my mom's age. He's in his sixties. So I've known him since I was a, you know a baby or whatever. Yeah. And, and he's actually a sick drummer too. Oh, dope. yeah, he's a he's a sick drummer. So when my when my dad was giving me like Van Halen, cousin Joe was like bitches brew, you know, like he was like <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so I'll never forget. So I went and saw him play uh, at the Hollywood Bowl. He was headlining the Hollywood Bowls. Him and Wynton Marsalis, and they had the wow. Holly they had the the L.A. Philharmonic behind them. Yeah. And I brought uh, Sergio Flores, one of my best friends, with me, who is sexy sax man, uh-huh. right? So I so I brought him with me because he was like, "Man, I love your cousin Joe, man. He's like my hero, bro." Like, <laughs> so I was like, "All right, come with me to go, and I'll introduce you to him." So I brought so I brought Sergio to the bowl, and uh, so I so Joe played. It was incredible. And then afterwards, we go backstage. We're hanging with Joe. Introduce him to Sergio. Sergio says to him, and Sergio's twenty five or something at the wow. time, and Joe's like sixty, let's say. Uh, because this is like 10 years ago. And uh, and he said to Joe, and he was like, Joe, man, like you're my hero. Like, I love you so much. And I'm, I'm practicing, I'm, I'm practicing, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be as good as you one day. Like, I'm gonna do it. You know, like just say in a real, not in a threatening, in a very nice way, and in an yeah. endearing, like you inspire me. I'm gonna be as good as you one day. That's my goal. And then Joe looked at him and said, he was like, he was like, just know this, Sergio, every day that you're practicing, I'm practicing. And I'm still getting better every day. Yo. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. Like I never thought of that as a 25 year old at the time. Yeah. Hearing, hearing my cousin Joe, who at, at the time had already won, you know, the, the Grammy for jazz album of the year. He'd won like four Grammys by then. He's, you know, selling out the Hollywood bowl. He's got the LA Phil behind him. He's in his sixties. He's already been a Berkeley professor for years. And to hear of someone that you that you think of once you hit that level of uh, talent in your in your instrument or mastery in your instrument, that you're like, okay, cool, I'm good, right? But here he is being like, I'm practicing every day, like so I'm I'm still getting better and everything. And I was like, wow, that level of dedication or obsession or whatever to be so perfect at your craft, yeah. Um, like to even have that drive still to where you're like, you know. Because obviously when we're young, we're in our teens, yeah. there's ego, yeah. right? Or there's ambition, yeah. what, whatever. Maybe it's not ego and it's just ambition, whatever it mm-hmm. is, you know. But to be in your 60s at the top of your game and you've already been on the top of your game for 25 years. You've yeah. already been on the cover of Downbeat Magazine several yeah. and he's still practicing every day. And it blew Sergio's mind too. I mean, wow. it, like def- it like defeated him, I think. <laughs> I don't think he was inspired by it. I think he was like, oh, damn, you're still practicing. <laughs> well, it's important, man. Like, like I said, you always got to learn. Yeah. You always got to learn. Like, I don't see it as a destination. It's always a journey. Yeah. And and even some, like, the best musicians that I've, like, I've ever, like, like that I looked up to, they're still like, yeah, man, I'm still learning, bro. Like, mm-hmm. like it was crazy because, you know, I looked up to, back in the UK culture, like, you know, yeah. Jamiroquai's drummer, like, Derek McKenzie. He's, like, one of my good friends, but he's, he was like, yeah, man, I'm always learning. And I'm like, dude, I look up to you. I yeah. used to play deeper underground all the time as a kid. I was like eardrumming to that stuff. And then, you know, Simon Phillips, when I finally got to meet him, like he's like, yeah, we're, we're always learning. We're always mm-hmm. learning something new. And Simon has been like the, probably the heartbeat of my inspiration yeah. as a drummer and a, and, a, and a writer. And, you know, when I got to 
do share that cover on Rhythm Magazine with him and we did our front cover. I was like, this is mad. I, I was a seven-year-old kid with a poster of him. Like when he used to have this sweat, like the, the headband. Never forget, I used to love Simon Phillips yeah, back then with the sweatband. Yeah. With, with the joggers, the yeah. tight joggers with the Tama logo on it and his knee high He was one of the first double kick drummers yeah. ripping that like the same time as the snare. Dude, that was the guy. Yeah. And, I, and I used to be like, one day I'm going to be like him without the, the tights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but that's how, then, then I got to meet him when I was 16 because, like, you know, I knew Jack Bruce as a kid. Like What? Yeah. Jack and Bruce from Cream? Cream, yeah. What? And Ginger Baker. And, like, basically I knew. What? So I was in a band with Natasha uh, Bruce. Like, well, her name's Natasha Eleonore, but she took her mother's Jack Bruce's son or daughter daughter yeah, yeah yeah and she's still one of my dear friends wow and yeah and and I knew I didn't realize her dad was like a rock rock and roll star like you know Jack Bruce so he used to come to our shows and I was in a reggae band with her oh my <laughs> and God. he used to come and goes yeah yeah right yeah yeah it's got you got great sound you got great sound. and that's how I got signed to Zildjian I was signed to Zildjian at like I went to Ginger Baker's honorary honorary uh, at Shepherd's Bush Empire. That's where Simon Phillips was. Keith Carlock was there. Like so many iconic people were there. And I was, and Charlie like Watts was there. God rest his soul. And I, and I got to like the after party was at the Key West Hotel. So I like went in there and just like, I got to, I just see like at that time, Keith was like, you know, he, he was there at the snack bar and just like eating all these hors d'oeuvres and stuff. I'm like, I'm going to do the same. Cause this guy's, this is Keith Carlock, you know, love him. And I wasn't signed, and and Jack introduced me to Tina and John to Christopher. Wow! From in, at the time when he was a Zildjian, and Jack Bruce yeah. introducing you to Zildjian. Well, Jack was like, you should sign him. Like you should, you should give him a deal. He's a he's a drummer. He's got something. Blah, blah blah. And John was like, I've heard so much about you. Yeah, let's sort something out. And then I signed at like Bro, so, like Jack Bruce yeah. introduced you to Zildjian. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And then the Jack's wife, Margaret, actually like connected the dots. And then I got to go and pick my symbols out. And I was, I was like, this is crazy. And then I knew Jack, like Jack was such an iconic. I've had, I've got drunk with him. Like, you wow. Know, we were in Ronnie Scott's and we had like a laugh. Like I, you know, we had this validated moment when I brought Natasha to my own headline show last year in Ronnie Scott's with my band. And, she was there and she, she got a bit, we got emotional because like it was my friend, Ronell Shaw, who's a fantastic composer and a, and a bass player. He plays for Rudimental. Oh, sick. And um, we, we, the three of us were with Jack and <laughs> Jack got Ronell like really like pissed, like with alcohol. And I remember Jack just booing the double bass player on stage. He's like, play a real bass. <laughs> play a real bass wow. like and we were just like drunk and we're like oh this is embarrassing <laughs> you don't want to get heckled by jack Bruce. i know but jack i'd but, quit playing bass the next I day i know <laughs> jack, poor, but jack the poor bloke and ronnie scott's <laughs> but jack was just a fun guy and 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 like i say like the story behind it was just so sweet like seeing him and then seeing uh G like ginger doing that thing and you know ginger is ginger yeah of so course. i kept my distance but um, he seems intimidating. He's intimidating for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. But like the whole purpose of it is like there's always been really great, important people in my yeah. life, which I'm thankful for. Yeah. Like, that I, if I wasn't in Natasha's band, I wouldn't 
of being with Zildjian. Yeah. You know, she, thanks to her and Jack and Margaret, they, they connected me because I was playing like stag symbols back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. I like cracked Zildjian's. Anything and you could. Yeah. Anything you anything. could. Same. And, yeah. she, and Jack was like, you got to play some good symbols. I know the guys from Zildjian. And at the time he was like touring with Cream doing the reunion. The thing. reunion tour. Yeah. At Royal Albert Hall. And then yep. there was like another thing that they were doing with, um, you know, he was with the all-star band. So Horacio Hernandez. Uh, oh, God. And and Robbie Amin. Like, those two guys were playing together. And, like, Sick. Gary Husband. He played with the Gary Husband big band. Like, he was playing the jazz. Gary was playing the, the kit for Jack Bruce's big band. So we wow. went to see him play with the big band. And that's how I met Gary. And Gary's known me since I was a kid. And Gary's, like, now on my fifth album. Like That's so like, cool, dude. And it's all this connection and then Simon, I'm going to, you know, I bumped into Simon at NAM, and I'm like, let's write a song together. He's like, yeah, just let me know when and we'll just hang. We'll just do it. So I've got an idea that me and Simon are going to do something and I've got like new things happening, which I can't tell you Tama related, but, yeah. but I've got a new kit coming, which I'm going to like kind of birth for with Simon to do a little cool thing. That's so cool, man. I love your story. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's so wild. <laughs> it's crazy. It's so wild to go from like, I mean, I mean, to go from getting stabbed and, <laughs> and having your synesthesia yeah. appear vividly yeah. to composing when you don't know how to read music and just by composing via colors yeah. to then like having Jack Bruce introduce you to Zildjian. That's, yeah. a, that's so crazy. And then like the Simon Phillipses and, and the Aaron Spears and all these people that have like played such a strong role in your life. And now, and now you being, and Thomas Lang and, and uh, Josh Groban, every, like the whole story. It, it's cool because people clearly love you. People clearly wow. really love you and are not just a fan of your music, but also they, they got to love you because you have such a great heart and you're such a great human. And Thank that'll you, take you so much further than just like anyone can love your music, but then, if they were like, if you were some we you know, asshole, they're not going to, ain't nothing going to happen. We've got to stick together. Yeah. I think that's the key. And that's how I've been able to have like the, that same thing, that power of, of love yeah. and, and appreciation. Same with like Mark Stevens, because he plays for yeah. Shaka Khan. He called me and said, Gaz, like you want to, yeah. you, you'd be great for doing Shaka. So I did like, like a show for Shaka Khan. It was like zero rehearsals, but yeah. he, it was all love. Everybody was love. And, and the, the opportunities that I got was just purely because everyone's just, your heart is, For sure. is the key in anything. It's not ego. It's your heart. So, so I want to talk to you about, so you, you just moved to LA from London. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people have that uh, want, right? Yeah. They want to move to LA or to move to any new city, like for yeah. any musician, whether it's New York or mm -hmm. if they want to move to London or Nashville or whatever yeah. it may be. But mm -hmm. how hard was it for you and how big of a decision was it in the effort that came into it for you to actually make it happen and move to LA? Yeah. Was that super difficult? Was it just the right thing at the right time, right opportunities? Obviously you got a gig, you have a visa because yeah. that's uh, that's an important thing. A huge, important pain <laughs> yeah. in the ass, horrible parts. That That's a huge blessing. But yeah. even besides the visa, like how, how hard was that to move here? It, it was a, it was a life decision to make. Um, it was very difficult. At the start, when I first started with Josh, my whole perception was like, yeah, you know, let me just move. Yeah. But it's not easy because you have a lot of sacrifices to make. You're in a new place. And I, you know, I was grateful that my career at that time 
as a drummer without the gig was in a good place i i just decided to go you know what i'm gonna do it but then i kind of was sussing it out whilst i was on tour with josh and realized that i'm going to space out for a bit i'm gonna like not do it straight away i'm gonna take my time and then i ended up waiting and like this year was probably a penultimate moment for me to do that because i felt ready and i and i always said to myself if i don't take the risk or if i don't take the leap of faith i will never know yeah and i'm grateful to of taking that leap because since i got here so many people have like i i was like incognito i didn't tell anybody that i moved here and only told the small people that I caught up, like Brian Fraser Moore and Brian got excited. He's like, dude, we got we're gonna do some stuff. I've got to call you for some stuff. And he's like prepping me for some things that like I can't say, but it's like a blessing because I look like Brian is one of the busiest guys, you know. Yep. He's doing bloody every sort of gig and the fact Everything. that yeah, and he's he's like an important part of my life because he inspired me. So like things like that have happened and the Thomas thing and all these things are great things are happening. So I definitely feel like LA has, has a lot of opportunity, but I I'm glad I came now as opposed to earlier because I prepared and built more of myself as an artist yeah. to then come in knowing that there's worth of going in there with, where people will call you mm -hmm. and, and also learning not to, it's also controlling my heart my ego and like I, it's like i'm saying like i have an ego but like an ego in the in the sense of not having like being so vain about things and stuff like that because i think whenever i was in la whenever i was on tour or rehearsing here and i used to see the nightlife of this yep and i see musicians i saw a lot of insecure musicians oh yeah i saw a lot of like you're not yourself. Like I'm the guy that will wear shades indoors and look like a cool MF. And I'm like, that's not you though. Yeah. But I don't want to be that. And that's what freaked me out. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to be who I am. And then I got to meet people that are like really true, you know, like yourself and, and, and like the whole jam card thing that you do is like, is fantastic. So when I got to like, understand personality where where i can fit in because that's scary for a london guy to go into la when people sometimes intense like yo man how's it going yo bro yo <laughs> let's shed bro yeah yo bro dude you know all that stuff and i'm like whoa you know and i'm like you're right mate how you doing you know <laughs> what'd you say you what you say mate what you say <laughs> bro like what you say to me like it's it's like i'm protective over my heart as well and yeah. i just wanted to know that i came in the right time and i'm glad i came now so it's really like grounded me and it's been fantastic like it's it's mad as well like i'll go into a music shop or like i'll walk on the streets or like something and there's like a drummer that just goes dude dude are you cats Rodriguez? and i'm like yeah how are you man is it nice and he's like oh yeah get, oh you're really nice like you're being really well spoken to me like it's it's i'm like yeah because you know because i appreciate you i appreciate you yeah, yeah, yeah. like it's like nam show people were just like surprised that i'm like friendly i'm like well aren't we all supposed to be friendly <laughs> you can't be like 
yo, get away from me. Like, nah. I mean, you said it. There's a lot of attitude. There's a lot of ego. Not from everyone. There's, no. I, I have like, and I mean, you already have people in your life that are out here that are yeah. incredible, that are so giving to you and loving yeah. to you and, and yeah. open to you. I feel like I feel so blessed to have yeah. like such an amazing yeah. crew of people around me, Absolutely. people I look up to mm-hmm. that are, that have taken me under their wing or, yeah. or, or and vice versa. And now, yeah, when the table, not that the tables turn, but when they look at you as, you look up to them, but they just look at you as a peer, as an yeah. equal. And you're like, whoa, like yeah. that, that's eye opening, right? Yeah, and, right. And it takes, it takes confidence to even accept that. Yes. You know, because if not, you could still have that ego or that insecurity and the mm-hmm. sunglasses and the whatever. Yeah. And then you're going to miss an opportunity yeah. because of your ego or your insecurity. Dude. And I always say, be yourself, be, be you, because it's like, that's the character that makes you unique. Yeah. Don't be the other person that is already that person. Be you. Like, and, I, and that's, I, I was a victim of that. I think we've all been that. You know, when you're younger, it's that thing, like you said, it's like the arrogance and all the, the drive, the dedication, the kind of like, let's just be clicky and let's do this. And I, it was the thing that I, I did in London. Like, I want, there were so many clicks there that I just never got to be a part of. So I yeah. just became a lone wolf. So I just made drum tracks. <laughs> yeah. But look, but it made you global. What? There you go. I it mean, it made you global by doing that, by taking a step back instead of, instead of, uh, hyper-focusing on localizing yourself and yeah. being big in your one scene. Yeah. You took it to the internet dude, and, I d- and start, and you, you made music for other people. A lot yeah. of times it's like, listen to my music. My music. Yeah. Right. It's like, it's still your music, but your music is made for other people to yeah. contribute to. Yeah. And I did that. And the, the main thing as well is like, I used to get told and I used to get bullied, bro. Like I got bullied until like 24 like drummers that I can't even say used to say, dude, you're not, you're, you're limiting yourself to what you're doing and you're not, your music's not going to go anywhere. I can't listen to those people. And then like shit changed. I was just like, and now I'm in a different place in my career. And now those people are hitting me. I'm going, Kaz, you've done so well. And like, I'm like, dude, you just have to believe in anything and just support it. And I still represent, hard for my country even though brexit is a bit of a bummer but like but it's definitely a bummer but as a yeah. uk as a as a guy who lived in a small town in london yeah. who's now coming to la like i've made my my ambition yeah you know and these are aspiring to people that are still in london that want to do that yep and i want to be an advocate and also a, maybe some hope of inspiration to that person that can go well I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Kaz, for doing that. But at the same time, I want to, like, my main thing is to inspire everybody as well as Dave. Dave. My inspiration comes from the inspiration behind the audience. Like, that gives me the drive to do better. Like, when I release an album, I ask the pub, I ask the, the drummers going, like, what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> what do you want me to do? What can I do better? And I take that in. Yeah. And I'll say, I'll do that. I ask everyone. I'm like, there's no perfection, but I'm willing to take criticism. I'm willing to grow. I'm willing to, as long as it's with love and not hate, mm-hmm. then I can appreciate. Mm-hmm. There you, what, you got <laughs> buttons and stuff on that? That's crazy. You know, just, just in case I need to do something. That's just, a good one. So speaking about getting better, yeah, we'll wrap soon, but yeah. 
the music industry. So you have created your own path, which is what I, I really admire about you. Thank you. Because I think for anyone listening to this, a lot of people are aspiring uh, either drummers, musicians, songwriters, composers, whatever it may be. And there's a lot of different paths and there's a lot of different ways in how you can make money because in order to survive in the music industry, you got to be able to figure out how to monetize in the music industry. So obviously you're, you're getting it from touring, mm -hmm. you're getting it from, uh, from your tracks yeah. and being a composer now and doing, uh, scoring for mm -hmm. video games and stuff like that. But what, like, how do you think the music industry could be better? What would you like changed about the music industry? I, I would really love in terms of like, the musician, the live player, to be valued a bit more. Mm -hmm. I think in the business that I've seen now that there is so much of this like undercut that's happening. I see a lot of um, this kind of, I value what you do. And then they'll come up with a price. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just get this thing that's like, I'm not worth that much. And I'm not talking big numbers. I'm saying fair. Yeah. And I think how the, you know, the Vinnies, the, the JRs, the, the legends that like the Quincy's, you know, they, they have, they have a mark, but they lived in an era where you were valued at what you do. And I feel like being unique and having something different and the musician that plays that has such incredible talent, like any musician that I see is undervalued mm -hmm. of what they do. And I just want to like find a way that like what you, you guys are doing is a, an amazing thing. Like with jam card, it's like you're connecting musicians with producers, music directors, composers, everyone. And you're, you're, you're helping them to just have a amazing community and have opportunity. And I think there should be more of that mm -hmm. universally speaking, I think as, as a music, as a live player, because you know, we're doing so, you know, now music is just like, here's a computer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, check my MPC and I made a tune. I just used Fruit Loops and made a banger. Like, yeah. It's like, use musicians. I just done a trap. Uh, no, I just done a, a, a drill pack. Oh, really? I just done a drill pack for, for Splice. Nice. For, with a, a drill producer called M1 on the beat. You know, he's done stuff with like Drake and stuff like that. And I, and I, I did a live drill pack. Sick. I was like, has anyone played drill live? And I, saw, I was like, no. So I was like, oh, I'll do it. That's dope. Yeah. But, but the, that, that thing is like value, you know, and, and that company like valued what I do. Right. And then brought me on the table to do it with this guy, M1, who's like a sweet kid, smokes a lot of weed, but sweet kid. Like, you know, I was like hot boxed whilst I'm trying to do like a jewelry. I'm like, I don't even, what's going on right now? <laughs> is yeah. there a click? There, there is a click. There, there is a oh. click somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm, like I said, that, that sort of stuff is like more value of yeah. like, and interacting. How, how do you make that happen? <sighs> what, how do I, how did I make that happen? Or how do you make that happen? How, yeah. How do you make that happen? Just, just connect, man. Yeah. Just connect with, with like what you're doing. If you don't have Jam Card app, like get on that Jam Card app and connect with these different styles of musicians because they might appreciate it. Yeah. Like a hip hop producer will probably go, I use computers all the time. And I'm like, well, no, get a live musician. Yeah. How does that change your sound? Right. Let's try it. 
that's how that's that that's the whole point of of what that's how you can get into it and that and that can birth into something else because you might be on someone's record who's done that and they'll be like we're going to tour this live now and you'll be like well let's just get the guy that did the thing <laughs> you know what i mean and that's that's how you can really build those connections and that's how it worked for me like i know that this guy m1 is going to be doing some live stuff and i didn't expect him to call me and go well let's do some live stuff now yeah do you want to md it i'm like what i'm like cool i've never done drill but hey it's a good good little change you know what i mean so sick dude yeah but it'd be different and just be willing to play something like people know me for fusion i'm like i'm gonna try you know i do josh groban <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah 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 yeah. like I, I play underground electronic stuff when i grew up i played drum and bass and all that stuff live and then morphed it with fusion but now i can play drum and bass i'll play house music i'll play funk i'll play i want to try different things because if it works it works if it doesn't at least you tried for sure you know so just go for go for it be explore your your territory in different genres because it might all work and it actually helps you grow i love it dude well kaz it's been a great combo yeah. man i always love hanging with you you too bro thank you for having me brother welcome to los angeles thank you the bro. world is your oyster i'm excited to see we got to have you back in like six months for me like what happened you're gonna be like mate I ate a lot of Lebanese food <laughs> because of you. You know we're gonna we should actually go get Lebanese food tonight. Oh I'm so down. Are you hungry? Super hungry. Let's get it. Let's go. <laughs> Much love. Kaz Rodriguez at Kaz Drums. Follow Kaz. You already know Kaz and watch and definitely watch the Kaz Jam Jam videos that are on YouTube. The two that are out is Kaz and Aaron Spears. And then uh Devin Sticks Taylor and Rico Nichols. And hopefully we can finish a couple more and put them up. <laughs> we will, bro. We will. <laughs> We're going to dive through some hard let's, drives right now. Let's go. Pull it out of the archive. You're hearing it here first. <laughs> Much love, bro. Thank you, doggy. Thank you, my brother.